my friends. Enlightened family, haven't seen you guys in a fat minute. Man. How well, you been? It's been since January 24th, mm -hmm. since the last day in which we've uploaded an Enlightened Brothers podcast. And uh, honestly, it's sad to see that we are gone for so long. Um, but you know what? We're back. Well, um, the reason why uh, we were gone for so long is because Emory was quarantined. Yeah. You know? um, in school, there's a system in place during COVID-19 called contact tracing, where if somebody close to you, like in a seating arrangement in your class, test positive, then the people surrounding them have to leave school. And, you know, although your boy is built different, the classroom setting is pre-built, so I couldn't have fought the system. Yeah, man. And similar to Caleb's situation, like exactly. um, with the basketball team, uh, we had to go for a little while. But, you know, we're back better than ever. 2021 is still beginning. And as we said before in the last episode and the announcement video before that, we have a lot of things planned this year. Absolutely, so. man. Um, exciting, enlightening stuff, man. But, uh, look, man, I, I say we just get into the show. Um as you can see, I'm rocking in a premium shirt right here. Occupy Mars, baby. Mm. Space ha SpaceX hat, nothing more needs to be said. Uh, the only other thing, sorry, just repositioning myself. Uh, the only other thing that needs to be said, um, this week, Elon Musk appeared on the Joe Rogan podcast. Mm. And um, a lot of people have certain views on Elon Musk. Uh, John said in our, I feel, wasn't that our most recent episode? Yeah, last uh, episode. John episode said 13. in last episode that he he would be hesitant at uh, praising people with so much money, and people, many people believe that you have to do certain bad things to get to that <coughs> position in power. Right. Um, I'm I don't. I already said last episode that I don't praise him. Whatever. Um, anyway, regardless of those types of things, um. Listening to that podcast, um, I've reached another state of enlightenment, um, and this this state is truly special. Um, I have a, I have an internal battle within me when I talk on this podcast. A lot of the things I talk about, and a thing that I will talk about today, has to do with studying our universe, and I found I find great pleasure in talking about our universe and reading about our universe. But there's this other side to this, uh, my scientific brain, which has the hunger to create. Right. And after listening to Elon Musk on this podcast, and this is the third time I've listened to him on a podcast, and just thinking of the life that he lives, um, I I'm taking that. Uh, I I've come to the realization that I will have my entire life to explore this universe, yes. But what I want to do for the near near future is create something that truly enacts change and where i do envy elon musk is to have such a, a a paramount a paramount effect on the future of humanity and have such a strong say in where humanity is going to take us this occupy mars shirt this spacex hat i'm wearing it for a reason it's because people like him and elon musk especially has basically set out this 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 plan for humanity to go on into the future. Right. So, um, I, I put this in the notes for our podcast. But uh, the very first thing I want to do on this podcast was to speak directly to the camera and make an announcement. 
I will now make my announcement. What do you have to say to us, love? Taking off the hat for this one. Go ahead, man. Announcement to the world. Announcement to humanity. Announcement to the universe. There will be a day in the future, a moment in time, in which I will have a large effect on the future of humanity. I vow to produce a creation, to blaze the trail, the advent of something completely new that we would have never thought of, or maybe that we have thought of, but me manifesting the dreams of millions. I vow to get to that point. And when I get to this point, I vow to do it through goodness. I vow to do it in the eyes of many, hopefully, it will be a positive change. But I vow to get to this point and enact change. Thank you. So everything Caleb just said in his announcement, I have zero doubt in my mind will come true at some point. And on this podcast, a lot of the time we talk about dreamers and the select few that have the ability to make those dreams into reality. And I know my friend Caleb is one of those people. Thank so you. Thank you. Thank you. You can't believe what he says. You know, just know your boy can vouch for him. Yes, sir. Because he's the goat. And, and you as well, my man. Everything that we say on this podcast, even if like in the short span um, of time, because this podcast isn't going to go on forever. We both know that. But yeah. like even while we're doing this, even if we don't reach the level of success that would allow so many people to hear our ideas whenever we're up there. Whenever y'all go digging back in our files, word. whenever y'all go see what we said back in the day, just clip this. Just know it's true. Just know that if you believe in yourself and there's going to be some point in time where you can look back and say, I did it. Just say that I exceeded my own expectations that I held for myself and know that you are the GOAT. And I am certain that we will both have a reason to come back and say, look at us, look at the beliefs we had held in ourselves, and look where we're at now. I agree 100%, and I couldn't have said it any better. Um, oh, well, one more pleasantry. Um, five days ago, well, five, oh, well, no, shoot, I, wow, the most scientific man, and I can't do math. Four <laughs> days ago, um, your boy turned 18, oh. man. Yes, yes sir. sir. That boy legal. Your boy turned 18. Um, now, the reason why I said this was because this was the age that I tell most humans. Um, and I feel like the Enlightened Brothers podcast has gotten intimate enough for me to reveal the truth that this was not only... Um, this was my 18th birthday in a human perspective. But um, honestly, that is just the length of time that I've um, been on this earth. So it was actually my 418th birthday. So I wasn't very excited just because I've had 14 and 17, 417 prior. So, yes, let's get the show started. Huh? Let's go. Topic number one. No, we're going to have to address what you just said uh-huh 417 prior birthdays oh what's that supposed to mean i have no idea can we start this uh, podcast thank you no we can't we have look the viewers have been 
missing us for a long time. There's a lot of things that have happened. Uh, a lot of people losing money. Uh, the GameStop. Uh, no, no, no. Do you have something you want to tell me? Because if we got a problem, I got the solution, all right? Absolutely not. I have nothing to tell you. Face, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Let's get the show on the all road, right. baby. All right. We're going we gonna to figure out what, what Caleb got going on. But uh, the, icon, go to my the iconic thing you say, man. What? Oh, shoot. Man, I forgot. Yeah, he did. Episode 14, 14. baby. Let's, Let's get it. Go. All right, let's go, man. Let's get into it. All right. About two weeks late, and you know, this thing be fluctuating, fluctuating 24 hours of every day. Mm-hmm. Well, not 24, however long the stock market's open. But you know, a lot has changed since then, but this is still something I think was very monumental within the stock market. And that is what happened on r slash Wall Street bets two weeks ago and GameStop and Wall Street. Mm-hmm. GameStop, uh, an industry, me and Caleb, both avid supporters of in our youth, yeah. you can agree with. Absolutely. Um, you, they're known for getting new physical or used games. And in the, in the way technology is progressing nowadays, everybody's getting their games digitally. Yeah. So, you know, um, the need and necessity for a business like GameStop is continuing to dwindle down. And so um, they're not really seeing any um, as much economic success as they had in the past. And... Um, the high executive owners of hedge fund corporations in uh, Wall Street, they noticed this, that GameStop was plummeting. So there's this, um, there's this sort of method that they use called short selling, yes. which is when you borrow a stock low for, for a low price um, in the stock market from a corporation like GameStop at their lowest, and you sell that in hopes that maybe they'll bounce back and you'll get more money than you um, originally um, sold it for by selling it back to them. Mm-hmm. I was kind of convoluted. I don't really even understand it myself. Money's hard. I don't really <laughs> like money. Yeah. But, you know, um, basically that's kind of the gist of it. And um, these guys on r slash Wall Street Bets, is, which is a subreddit on Reddit um, that, you know, talks about things going on in the stock market. They noticed what these hedge fund corporations were trying to do. So they um, bought up these um, stocks for GameStop at the low price, um, which is raising the value of the stock price of the um, GameStop stocks. And now the hedge fund corporations have no choice but to sell those those stocks that they originally, or buy back those stocks, excuse me, that they originally uh, borrowed. And since the... Our arch last Wall Street bets people they rose the price. Now these um, now these hedge fund corporations are having to buy it at the extremely high prices that they're valued at, which is inevitably making a lot of the uh, making a lot of them lose their net value. Yeah, and um, I don't really like st- uh, the stock market while well, at least talking about it because it gets so like confusing to those that don't understand it. Mm. It's still confusing to me, like I said before. But so really what I wanted to get out of this is how individuals are now battling these big execs mm-hmm. in the um, um, in the realm of financial um, stability. So, you know, uh, I just think right now this is really historic in the sense of, you know, the day these day traders, these individuals, 
people like me and you, likely if you're like, you know, just people that aren't up there super rich and active in the stock market can really have a change on the direction these businesses can take. Absolutely. And, um, well, my view on this is humans have uh, an inherent resistance to authority. And I'm not going to call hedge fund owners authority to any of us, but in by the defined like agreed bar of success just because hedge funds and like they garner more money um since our our society is based off of money there's like a certain hierarchical difference in them and us right so excuse me um it is viewed as if they are up here and they're below um and when that situation occurs humans do not like it now what we are starting to see and what has happened over the past few decades past many decades actually forever is as more the more intelligent society becomes uh the more they actually resist in absolute power and the more they resist a lot of other things but just in this case um they don't want to be put down so they see it as an opportunity look we're not going to just let you hog all the money. We're not going to let you monopolize this thing. We're not going to let you take advantage of us like this. So, you know, they got into the ring. They they threw Fight a jab. Back. They threw a jab. Threw um, hands. And then um, it hit. It hit. The it jab hard. hit, and it hit hard, and they knocked back for a second. And then uh, like Robin Hood came in and dropped an entire nuke on them, and basically showed that um, big business cannot uh, be it, trusted. Not only cannot be trusted, it cannot be beaten solely by the man. It has exactly. to be by some other method. But uh, man can't just come in and try to take down the big figures. Um, another perspective on this is um, if an alien species comes down to Earth and they just analyze us. You know what? Some people believe they are already here. Mm -hmm. They come down to Earth and they, they observe us. The lizard men. Um, the lizard men, sure. Um Actually, this is my sole function of being here is to observe humanity. Anyway, um, if they come town and uh, they view how our society is uh, driven and they see it is driven by this fake money, <laughs> um, they would be astounded. The fact that we use this piece of paper and credit and all these things, the gold, whatever, to uh, determine value. Um, if they are a more intelligent species, I believe they would see this as... Uh, like just pretty much juvenile, trivial. Imagine type of thing. if currency was just based on knowledge, because truly, um, everybody. I think it's a commonly known currency has no value. Right. Unless truly. we unless we just deem it value, unless we deem it as valuable. So you know, what if people just exchange thoughts, opinions for to, and that determined the worth of things. Absolutely, um, and in a, in a in once in my views for the future of humanity, you know, once we get to this point, um, once we, you know, we may disagree here, but um, when I think about Neuralink and uh, genetic engineering and uh, up, upping our neuroplasticity and stuff like that, um, I believe that once we increase our, our bandwidth and intelligence, I believe that we will move past certain things like this, and then what will be quantified as valuable will be knowledge. Um, quick pause real quick. Uh, my apologies if I sound a little nasally. Uh, your boy's nose is blocked. Um, mm -hmm. But let's continue. 
maybe he got hit hard by something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, anywho, what I really want to say is, you know, that that Robin Hood situation, it was a total blow and exposed how um, how vicious these big corporations can get because Robin Hood, if you don't know, is a system that people use to actually um, enact these stock market trades. So um, what they actually did was um, they completely blocked off the GameStop, uh, GameStop stocking, uh, stock market trade. Everybody makes that mistake. People <laughs> keep calling it GameStop now. It's, that's what it's called, though. I, I know the that's what people... The actual stock is called that. But yeah. Like, but, it's yeah, just... I'm tripping up with that. Uh, but they actually blocked off the game, uh, GameStop stock market trading, so you couldn't invest and you couldn't um, do anything with it which really represented how they were going out of their way to protect these hedge fund corporations. Yeah. And it just shows, it, that just goes to show how, I want to say, um, manipulative. There's a word I'm looking for. I mean, that. Not uh, manipulative. Manipulative. Um, all right, let's just yeah. go with that. Well, yeah, well, the crazy thing is, and my knowledge on this situation is slightly limited, but what I have heard, um, the reason why Robinhood uh, had to protect these head funds, um, and there's many perspectives to this, but this is just one perspective that I've heard, um, but it's the fact that uh, the way Robinhood makes their money is by selling the data. Mm-hmm. So, um, Oh, that's the word I was looking for, corrupt. corrupt. These people are corrupt. Okay, so... A real ta- what is it called? Retail trailer. Retail investors. Retail investor. They go on and they they trade whatever. Uh, data is accumulated over time. Um, the retail investors also are able to view trends. I don't know where they're able to view the trends, but these mm-hmm. trends come out on a certain day of the week. Let's say Wednesday. Um, and that trend, the, those trends are basically. Uh, concocted from this vast pot of data anyway uh what robin hood also does is they they get they take this pot and they they the trends come out right and they have access to the trends so let's say the general public gets the trends on wednesday they'll sell them to the hedge funds on tuesday right and that's how they're able to be in this advantageous situation sets up the hierarchy hedge funds are better investors than retail investors because they're not just guessing based off of, or they're not investing based off of guesses or they the trends they get on Wednesday. They, they got a plug, own. man. Yeah, they have a plug. So if the informational gap is this large, then really what can you do except um, weasel your way to the top? Yeah. And, you know, uh, usually, like John said in our past episode, he wouldn't trust people with that amount of money because there are certain methods that they may have to use to get to the top. Yeah. And Robin Hood is just showing that um, that they they support that those types of methods to of people getting gaining their wealth and proceeding to get money, which yeah. it is the whole reason Wall Street bets did this against the hedge fund corporations in the first place is because they wanted to combat against the um, those sort of corrupt um, ways of gaining your wealth. Yeah, Robin Hood take from the rich, give to the poor. Exactly. So. Uh, yeah, like I said before, I'm not too knowledgeable knowledgeable about it. Uh, money is very confusing, but uh, money makes the world go round, so I guess I'll try to understand it more. Well, but, it's something that must be discussed, and yeah. I honestly don't know if we can ever escape this uh, this hierarchy, man. 
as elevated as we may be, we were animals first. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if we can get away from the point in which uh, everything is kumbaya. Um, a lot of people believe um, in like, because um, we live in the, the universe is neutral. Right. Uh, there's there's a balance of negative and positive charge. But um, a lot of people believe that with people as well. So must as positive as there is in the world, must there also be negative? Um, I just believe that at this point. And I mean, what can you even view as positive and negative? Because I want to get away from that binary description because wow. a lot of negative people see as positive. If we go as like. You, I think we both have a general understanding of the notions of good and evil. Right. What you could categorize as good or evil. Yeah. In this world, I'd say right now there's more evil that outweighs the good. Okay. Well, I'd say it fluctuates at various points in time uh -huh. because, you know, right now we're going through a pandemic, worldwide pandemic. Right. Some places it's... Um, some places it's still more serious than others, like the United States... Right. Because of lack of quarantining and stuff like that, and uh, the popular um, the popularization of like drugs and alcohol, uh, I think that's on a worldwide scope too. Yeah, and um, social media it makes it much easier for all these things to get spread around, and you know I just say the world is more at a bad state than it is of good right now. Uh, but hope that's doesn't need to be like that. It doesn't. Uh, shoot, we've talked about it a lot. You you can enact change. So mm -hmm. uh, let let's get the world on track and not have as more bad than good. Let's see what we could do about that. Yeah, man, for sure, for sure. All right, uh, so uh, now we're going on to the next topic. It's a little bit of a mini topic, but you know, um, Caleb was talking about Elon Musk before yeah. he made his announcement, uh -huh. and uh, he really showed support for this um, this thing that R slash Wall Street Bets is doing. Um, he even made a tweet um, saying, like, I think it was repeating their popular catchphrase for this whole movement, which is to the moon. OK. And, you know, uh, ah, okay. it's all uh, this really this whole situation sparked a lot of global interest in stock in the stock market. Yeah. So I was thinking, how is this going to change the wealth gap in the future? And um, how is this going to change regular people, these retail investors from, you know, just um, getting these small gains in the stock market to, you know, everybody, you've seen like a lot of our friends, a lot of older people are just now getting into the stock market. Absolutely. So this is just going to change the whole dynamic of business from being um, just just um, consumers and these big businesses to these big business, um, these biz big business partners and the big businesses themselves. Yeah. Um, I don't know. My view there, there's. Gosh, I keep doing that. That's why I don't like having the mic stand because mm -hmm. I, I move. But um, I don't know. There's many perspectives that could be taken on the wealth gap. You could say that if we stay under this capitalism, which would be surprising to me, um, you could say that eventually it starts meaning out um, because people are taking money from the rich. Or you could say that because because of government and democratic or uh, liberal governments that they get taxed more and the money trickles down. Yeah. Or you can say that because of um, capitalism, they'll find a way to stay on top. Or you can say that there's just as likely that, you know, 
one day anarchy strikes and currency no longer means ish. So there's so many different perspectives. Um, my 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 general perspective is that there there may come a day where um where ai will displace jobs and stuff like that and but also human intelligence will increase so the things that we do to because work serves people but Mm -hmm. there will get to a point where we are so self-serving self-serving and ai will also serve us to a point where we won't need as many things so I believe money movement will change as respect to that. Maybe it's universal basic income or it's just that we don't use money as much because we have all of these things. Um, So that's what I see as most likely. Let's talk about currency a little bit because on the topic of Elon Musk and the stock market, um, you know Dogecoin? I've heard about that. Isn't that a meme though? It it started as a meme because, you know, like the Dodge, um, maybe Caleb will put a picture of it up there. But it's like that little poorly drawn dog picture that was used like in the mid 2000s as an internet meme um people made a virtual currency based off of that and recently it just started to spike in popularity and a lot of people are now um using that to the moon catchphrase as well wow. regarding Do- dogecoin because they think that it will show financial uh not financial exponential spikes in um value just like bitcoin did okay and you know uh i think they're I don't know, because I do think in the maybe nearer than we think in the future, virtual currency is going to that's going to completely replace physical currency. Yeah. Oh, so, I, I um, absolutely agree. So maybe investing this early. I'm not too uh, educated about it either, but it does sound s- smart investing currently uh, into a currency that will later have a lot of value. Seems so ha- have you right invested into it yet or no? No, I can't do stock market till you're 18. So, oh, but shoot. Um, well, I might have to trickle. Oh, now. 18 hey. year old, right here. Uh, what the heck? I might, ha- I might have to, you know, dabble a little bit. You said uh, I was always pronounced Doge. <laughs> Doge, <laughs> but, Doge. I don't uh, know. Uh, so Doge coin, Doge coin, whatever. I'll have to get into that. That's that's interesting. Yeah, Absolutely. Elon Musk has himself has been. Um, a uh, f- very big campaigner for this, yeah. and they just invested over three million into Bitcoin. Oh, really? Yeah, Tesla has. Wow. Either th- either three mil- million or one point three million or a billion. I don't know. I forgot the figure. A lot and, of cash. Yeah, there's this app called Clubhouse that um, I heard about has that. recently come out. A lot of is really exclusive for now. A lot of celebrities or a lot of rich people with uh, connections are the ones on it. My brother. Ernie, um, you know, from two episodes back, he was one of our guests. Yeah. Um, he actually got an invite. It's like an invite exclusive app that you need, like, wow. um, like yeah, an invitation from somebody who's already a pre-existing member. And he got an invitation to the Clubhouse app. So he got the opportunity to talk, like, get in a chat room with people like 21 Savage. Wow. I know um, I know Elon Musk. He, um, Elon Musk, he hosted a Clubhouse-like meeting for a lot of people to come in there and talk about the stock market on. And that crashed the app because so many people trying to get business opportunities from the, or business um, insight from the richest man in the world currently. Right. So, you know, uh, just a lot of, a lot of surge and a lot of, a lot of hype around the stock market right now, which I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because, you know, people trying to get their money, but what long-term effects will this have? Because the stock market, it wasn't really exclusive. Everyone knew about it. Yeah. But it, it seemed like some sort of far away thing to get to. Mm-hmm. But I feel like 
all this information and guides are coming out now that makes it relatively not easy, but is a lot of people are getting the opportunities to get into it. So I want to see what this really does to the wage gap. Well, when I think, or not wage gap, wealth gap. Yeah. Um, once I when I think about business and entrepreneurship specifically, I, I think about the law of entry. Um, this came from the Millionaire Fast Lane by. Uh, MJ DeMarco, the law of entry is that if everybody can do it, then it's probably not going to end up being a good business. So if this thing becomes more ubiquitous and a lot of people, laymen, can start to get, uh, you know, um, easily easier access and start to if it's easier to gain money from the stock market, then uh, eventually it's going to get to a point where you're not doing anything special. And once you're not doing anything special, then you're not going to reach these heights of being Elon Musk and becoming the richest man in the world. Right. Uh, that's why from the very beginning, my method of making a lot of money was going to be, I'm going to create something that nobody has ever created before, or I'm going to improve upon something that no or do something that nobody's ever thought of manifest my dreams. And while I affect all these people, Maybe along the process, I get a little change, you know, because, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I want to buy Teslas, too. But um, yeah. that's not the money isn't the main focus. And the reason why I just don't necessarily like stock market stuff and hedge fund stuff, although it's mathematically enticing and mm -hmm. although it's like like interesting to talk about. I just don't like it because who are you helping? That's the, my only thing is exactly money isn't everything. My my purpose in life is to, I will make money, but it will be in the process of helping as many people as I can and propelling human society, not moving money around in cool ways. Now, I'm not trying to poop on traders, but do you really think it's in the best interest of most of these day-to-day -day traders to um, invest in the companies that they feel are going to help the world or help themselves? Well, they're investing in order to help themselves. Exactly. So, so I don't know if they're really paying much mind to like, companies that are really harmful more harmful to us than they are beneficial like right. on um at face value so this brings this is just a little tangent okay um this brings another concern where do you think the morality lies in these rich people like elon musk i know he's doing a lot to help the um uh, help the world yeah. and prog help humanity progress at a very quick rate but do you think where do you think his intentions lie in um where do you think his intentions lie in uh, helping everybody learn more about the stock market well oh oh just the stock market yeah um, this specifically because he's been a real big um supporter uh, of this as a lately you know I have no idea. Actually, I never thought about it that way. Um, there's multiple ways of thinking about it. Maybe he truly cares about the common man. And, I mean, when Elon Musk was on Joe Rogan, he was talking about implementing a carbon tax. Mm -hmm. He was like, yo, SpaceX will pay the carbon tax too, not just all these other companies. So um, it, it seems as if he truly cares about the future of humanity. Yeah. At least that's what he comes off as. Nobody's perfect, so there's there's going to be some some imperfections about him who knows i feel like um, at that level of power I, I don't think anybody really on this earth can compare to the way elon musk is thinking not on an uh, intellectual level but 
that sort of money, it has to change a person whether in a way, whether it's good or bad, because that amount of influence you have. So I don't think he would be doing this if there wasn't something for him to gain. He had an, he has an intent. Maybe that gain is just the redistribution, redistribution of wealth. Maybe that is his gain, but I, I agree that there is a definite gain somewhere. Yeah. Why, why do anything? You you don't do anything for, without gain. Yeah. That's that's inher- inherently inhuman. Like, and there are some simple, simple things that can get lost in the mix when you're dealing with money. But realistically, when you're the richest man in the world, would you want to lose that title? No. I don't think so. So, uh, now that he's really just attained it, I feel like he'll do everything he can to possibly maintain it. Yeah, possibly. So I don't know. We well, saw Jeff Bezos. He uh. He He'd advocated from his seat. Step down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, step down. I don't know why I said advocated. But um, that's interesting. A lot of people – some people think he's going to run for pres. Oh, for real? Yeah. How hmm. – I mean – I have no thoughts on that. <laughs> I mean, he's run a business, and yeah. a lot of people say America runs like a business. So, yeah. I mean, that's certain Donald Trump had some economic success exactly. in his tenure. Yeah. I mean, and somebody who's even better at money than Trump, which is Bezos mm-hmm. – uh, that's a certain possibility. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Does America want a financial president right now, though? Well, right uh, now, ob- years? obviously they want a social president yeah. right now, but uh, we'll see. A lot of people have their own opinions on it, uh, but also it's getting to uh, – they wanted a return to normalcy, right. and that normalcy was, oh, we get super hype and super crazy, and we get mad at other people for voting uh, for the opposite party for about a year. And then for the next two and a half years, we don't care about the presidency anymore. That's the usual thing. So I hope that, you know, people keep pushing for a lot of stuff. But, you know, generally, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Well, we can wrap all this money talk up. Frankly, I really don't like money. I, I like the things money can attain, but I don't like the things that money does to people. And, you know currency as a whole let me not talk it let me not talk too much about it money money's money it'll be here to stay but you know maybe you know i don't i don't i don't care for it i, I like the i like your perspective on maybe valuing knowledge instead of money what, what would our life lives be like uh that's that's definitely interesting all right well that's all i got for this topic at least all right it's a wrap next topic all right we're into the next topic um you ready, man? Yeah. This is going to be some heavy science. Um, I'm going to take off my hat for this one. Kind of annoying me. Um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to dive deep. We're going to dive deep because we are going to discuss the possibility of multiple universes or many worlds. Talk to me. Um, and I... Oh, is this like part two of what we discussed it is kind of it is absolutely a part two of what we discussed, but it's a part two and an elevation because I'm going to add different uh, scientific perspectives, mm-hmm. and um, I really hate doing this on a nasally nose because I sound like I'm holding it like this. But um, <laughs> but uh, let's get into it, man. Uh, actually, I'll let you decide. Um, so there's four type of parallel. Some uh, most people call it parallel universes. I like to call it many worlds or multi multiple universe. I don't call it many many worlds either. I like to call it multiverse or many worlds. Um, but I'm gonna let you decide. There's four I'm gonna talk about. Uh, would you like to talk about the quantum mechanical 
view. So quantum mechanics. Uh, we can talk about infinite universe. Mm. We can talk about um, inflationary universe, which is bubble universes, the Swiss cheese model. Or we can talk about simulated universe. There's four that I've come prepared to talk about today. Okay. Well, as you guys know, I told y'all about my favorite food, which is a Swiss cheese. Wait, what? Swiss cheese? I'm, I'm tripping, bro. My favorite <laughs> food, the grilled cheese. <laughs> yeah, I was at to <laughs> But say. you know, Swiss cheese, it happens to be one of the great toppings for a grilled cheese sandwich, though. So. If I land this water bottle flip, let's talk about that. If not, the infinite one. Okay. Not okay. Infinite. So we're gonna go. Um, we're gonna talk about the infinite universe. Then we're gonna talk about the Swiss cheese. Then I'm gonna talk about what I like, which is quantum mechanics and the multi many worlds interpretation. Then we're gonna go uh, a little bit unscientific and talk. Well, it's not unscientific. It's more mathematical and philosophical. But then we're gonna talk about the simulated universe. Now into the infinite universe discussion. So, space is big. Do you agree? Debatable. <laughs> yeah, well, um, it is very, very large. We are, as, as a human, we aren't even a blip. But as the Earth, we are, yeah, no. When you think of the grand scale of the universe, even the Earth is barely even a blip on right. the scale of what the universe is. But um, we do not have the scientific muscle yet to... Uh, basically define whether uh, whether our universe is infinite or finite um and if the universe is infinite or i mean if the universe is finite then basically we'd be, just be traveling on this uh four-dimensional loop so you know how on earth if you just walk in a straight line Eventually, by hook or crook, you're going to end up in the same spot that you started, right. however long it takes you. Um, so that's basically how the universe would be shaped, and that's how most people believe. Well, not I don't know if most anymore, but that's how uh, in the past we viewed the universe as being shaped as just this. I, I sound so nasally as uh, this universe that if we just kept walking, that we would eventually um, come back. Right. Um, but there is a high probability uh, just as probable, maybe that it's finite, that our universe is infinite. So if we walked from Earth to another planet or to however long the universe is, we wouldn't get back. Right. Ever. If we kept walking, the universe would keep expanding and we'd keep going. Um, so it means that we would go on forever. Now, this idea that the universe could go on forever, if this is true, then there is a 100 percent well i'll say near 100 percent probability that there exists parallel universes all right hold on i feel as if now there's no science to back this opinion whatsoever but okay. i feel as if the universe is continually expanding not infinite <coughs> okay. perhaps those could be the con considered the same thing but Oh, so you think it's always expanding, but it's yeah, not always infinite? expanding. There's an end, <coughs> like maybe not when I say now, because it keep continues expanding. But you know. So you think okay, you think that the this expanded. Let's stop using the word expanding and let's use the word inflation. So okay. you think that there will become a point where the universe will stop inflating? Do you believe no. that? Oh, you don't. Well, then like that is inherently forever. infinite. <laughs> exactly. So that you, you but it's. It's not. It's inf not if it's. There's always an end, but there's always a beginning point as well. Like where it ends, it begins. 
yeah, continually. But infinity just keeps going. So no, I, well, that would just be altering our view on infinity. But what you're saying is in an infinite universe. But when you usually, yeah. But when you usually, oh, here's what you're saying. Yeah. You're saying that infinite is not static. There is not just an infinity here. The infinity is being created because it keeps growing. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Okay. So what maybe about, constant growth. Okay. That's, Okay, well then you're gonna like the Swiss cheese. Um, but yeah, I told you I'm a cheese man. It still it still works with this. Um, now, like I said before, if the universe is infinite, there exists a parallel world. There exists a parallel you. Whatever your name is, there exists an exact copy out there somewhere w- along the expanse of the universe. Hmm. There exists there exists another Caleb, another Emery. If the universe is infinite, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Um, so, if the expanse of space is infinite, in it, within infinity, okay, actually, let me back up. Most physicists believe that the universe, consciousness, all of this, everything that makes us up, they don't believe in souls, and if there is a soul, it, be, it comes from this stuff. Um, they believe that... Oh, sorry, you distracted me. Um, My bad. They believe that um, everything comes up from particles, and because forces come from particles and particles in the fields. You've heard me talk about quantum fields before. So from the fields and the particles, a lot of physicists believe that if you give them all the inputs, they will produce the output that will produce a universe in which I'm saying these words right now. Um, So using that, um, in an infinite universe, that means there are an, an infinite amount of occurrences. So there are an infinite amount of times that particles do this, that, and that. There's an infinite amount of times that particles will combine in a certain way. And that combination of particles is what creates Emery sitting to the left of me or in another quantum universe, em- Emery sitting to the right of me. I'll talk about that later. Or, you know, me sitting right here, right? Um, and a lot of people don't believe this, but this is the more pure scientific view. Anyway, although there are infinite occurrences, there are finite configurations, okay? Particles, you can't just mash up particles, put them in a blender and get a cat. Particles can only conjoin in a certain specific way. This is chemistry. Wait, how would you know that? How do we, okay. No, if you shredded up those that all those particles to create a cat, couldn't it be Schrodinger's cat? You're trying to break my mind. No, <laughs> no. I mean, well, it is Schrodinger's cat because Schrodinger's cat dies many times. So sure, but um, we know that only because of this Heisenberg uncertainty principle. The Heisenberg uncertainty principle not only tells us that you cannot view a particle in a, a particle's exact position and momentum, but it also said it also sets a limit on this uh, on the way in which a particle can change like position or momentum. So a limit on a particle's energy, uh, that would also be the uh, Planck's Planck's limit or the Planck's constant. My uh, mathematical knowledge is a little foggy there. Um, But also a limit on the position it moves. So like you can't say that since there's an infinite amount of mathematical decimals you can go, you can't, there's a, uh, I'm talking to you, I need to talk to the camera as well. Um, You can't just say a, a, a quantum particle can move this like this, ultimate minimal length there becomes a limit that's the plank no, planks number uh that it can't it, it, if it moves that much it's viewed as the same it, it's viewed as if it's in the same position okay. but uh just rock with me here um 
So there are finite configurations because of the uncertainty principle. Um, so if things in the universe happen an infinite amount of times, but there's only finite configurations, what does that tell you? That if there's finite, but there's infinite amount of space, then what's happening here must happen again. Well, again is the wrong word. Must happen in another position in space. So the way I'm trying to imagine this is, all right, so infinite as in like distance, infinitely, it could be measured in distance, correct? Well, it's space time, so infinite in space and time. So let's take, this doesn't make sense, but infinity as one unit of measure. Okay. So if infinity equals one okay. and infinity distance away from Earth right now, you believe that there's a Earth uh, altered to some extent of our own? Yes. In a matter of just distance? Uh, in a matter of, Wouldn't yes, they be on the um, same plane of existence as us if infinity yes. is used as a measure of distance? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I guess you could say that. Um, yeah, it would be, it would be along our universe and, you know, with relativity and general, with the general and special relativity, that kind of stuff kind of gets foggy. But yes, if you were able to somehow travel over there instantly without, with breaking all the laws of physics, um, yes, there, in this model, there would be another parallel earth out there just because infinite space infinite occurrences but there's only a finite way um let me break this down just in case people are understanding this um okay let's say uh what should we use uh, uh apples with a worm in it okay mm -hmm. let's say there are an infinite amount of apples but every so often, a worm grows out of the apple. Something in the apple happens and a worm grows, okay? Right. If there's an infinite amount of apples, but this amount of times, but there's a, this percent chance of a worm coming out, let's say we're the universe where the worm comes out, okay? We're the worm universe. Mm -hmm. If there's a certain probability, but there's infinite amount of times, then, then there's that also means, an infinite amount of that probability occurring. Yes. So yep. there must be another point in which that worm comes out even if the probability is not is super low guaranteed because, yes and because because of the uncertainty principle the um the probability that we're sitting right here right now is super low but this model posits that there must be an exact copy and near copies so there is an uh this is crazy science right here, weird science, but a copy that Emery right now is in a clown suit doing a jig in front of the camera instead of talking. I don't know. That's just that's just me being funny. I would but, do this in this universe. <laughs> right. Um, but there must exist an exact copy. That is what Brian Greene would call the quilted universe. Shout out to Brian Greene. I'm reading his book right now. Now, let's move on to some Swiss cheese, baby. Um, cheesy, boy. Mm, cheesy. So, we're going to move on to the Swiss cheese universe, but the specific uh, term for this would be called the inflationary universe. Okay. Let's back up 13.8 billion years ago. The Big Bang. Um, at the beginning of the Big Bang, um, the universe expanded. And that is what we're going to talk about. From that sentence produces multiple universes. Let me show you how. So, when uh, scientists use their 
uh, tools and technology, they see radiation riddled throughout the entire universe. And this radiation is extremely redshifted, and it's uh, basically just like it, it paints our it paints everything we see, and it's saw as uniform. We see the same value if we look over here as if we look over there. This is called the cosmic microwave background radiation. And it is um, basically uh, ancient photons. It is remaining radiation from the Big Bang. So imagine all the light and explosions that happened at the Big Bang. The stuff left over, because this stuff, this energy never dies. So all the energy, basically, um, to make it, put it in layman's terms, left over is the cosmic background radiation, okay? Um, but this cosmic microwave background radiation, this cosmic microwave background radiation appears to be nearly uniform. It appears to be the same value no matter where we look. Um, but that shouldn't happen if... Um, <coughs> Excuse me. If uh, that shouldn't be the case, if um, what a lot of people viewed uh, the original, uh, I forgot, Friedman, uh, the Friedman diagrams viewed the universe as having super fast expansion and then getting to a point and then the inflation, sorry, slowing down and then we get to a point where the big crunch happens. So eventually gravity takes over inflation, which is inflation is actually repulsive gravity. Okay. Um, so gravity ends up taking over anti-gravity and the opposite of the Big Bang happens, the Big Crunch, okay? Um, but this can't be the case if cosmic background radiation is uniform. If it is uniform, then uh, all these pieces of the universe must have communicated somehow or been within the same, like, the, been within the same area in order to interact at some point during this inflation. So theoretical physics ha physicists have posited that, um, have theorized, sorry, that um, the inflation, the inflationary model was one that increased over time. So the inflation started out, it's not slow, but started out as slower. So all these parts of the universe could communicate, get, gain the uniformity and then accelerate. Okay. So from that is where we get these multiple universes. Um, so, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, and this inflation, let me say again, is repulsive gravity. And this uh, rapid uh, propulsion or inflation is uh, what it comes from what we would call the inflaton. Inflaton or inflaton field, whichever way you want to pronounce that. And what a field is, to break it down... Basically, imagine a field as this uh, basically kind of like a wave or sheet. Basically, view it as a sheet that permeates, that covers the entire universe. And at every instance, there is a mathematical value. Okay? Bro, I just got lightheaded. I'm talking too much and I can't breathe. Oh, your head so, inflated. Uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm mouth breathing and I can't talk and <laughs> mouth breathe at the same time. All right, hold on. So, Let me make a connection. Yeah. So you go can ahead, get a, Yeah, please talk grab about Grab a break. So um, in, the, in the DC universe, there's a character, the Flash, and he has the realm of the speed force that he uses. So what I'm getting from this inflationary um, universe I'll just call it that. The inflationary universe is sort of the is sort of the same as um, drawing not energy, but if we want to compare the Big Bang to energy, 
it progressively got um it progressively made the universe <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it progressively made the universe grow at a rapid rate although it started off um slower so yes and now like what i want to say the faster you go what i'm getting from this uh-huh is the more that's created in a sense yes absolutely um so yes the right now According to this model, the universe is still expanding at an even more rapid rate. And yes, more space will become of that and more time. So, um, yes, imagine it as this mathematical thing that permeates everything, that inflates in field. So think of the number 100, right? It's a grid. So just think of a grid and the number 100 at all of these points. When that value of the field is 100 within that grid box, that is when the universe is expanding. But from in, but we also need to account for quantum mechanics. Quantum fluctuations say that at any point in time, one of those 100 values can drop to zero at an instant. So, so it's, like, it's like a complete reset, but it's building upon what was pre-existing. It's not, don't think of it as a, a complete reset. Think of it as uh, the, the, the pause button or the stop button. All right. What I'm thinking of to visualize this is uh-huh. like you have a box and all right. <laughs> you have a, like a steel box. So water doesn't leak out and okay. you fill it with water, but, um, the waters continue. Like there's no source of, you're not pouring in the water. The water is just creating itself within the box. Uh-huh. So once the box is filled, another box is created surrounding the box and the water continues filling. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, I didn't even think about that. Uh, that is a perspective. The way I think of it is drawing on a balloon, mm-hmm. drawing markers on a balloon. Uh, in an inflationary universe, you if you place a dot on a balloon, if you keep blowing up the balloon, that dot gets bigger and bigger. Oh, that's kind of how I view it as. And that's kind of why it's called Swiss cheese. Um, OK, so let's say that a quantum fluctuation makes this uh takes this hundred this hundred energy value because that's what it's called uh, energy uh, the field energy value let's say the quantum fluctuation marks this down and takes it down to a low number so now it's expanding slower in these pockets of the unit and this happens all over the rapid expansion okay so think of this grid and all over this grid the quantum fluctuations are being are marking down the grid and inflation okay. is slower okay yeah Sorry, I'm breathing through my mouth still. In these points in which inflation is low, that is what creates our universe. Because we can't live in a universe if, in this, oh my God, I'm getting lightheaded. If uh, in the split second from now, I'm thousands of miles away from you. We can't live in a a universe accelerating that and expanding that fast. But if you live within low expansion, that's when gravity can come over and bring things together like galaxies and planets and such. So if you think of this happening across an entire canvas, you get something that looks like Swiss cheese. All right. So in the holes, that's where you get what we would call a universe. And in the places that are cheesy, those are continually (laughs) expanding. So in the cheesy parts, the cheesy parts keep stretching. And in the holes, we keep being a universe. But the holes have to stretch too and that's why we view our universe as expanding by okay. two point whatever number, the 2.7 something. So that's Swiss or, cheese in a nutshell? Basically. And I wish I could keep going, but I'm running out of breath. All right. So we can get Caleb a little extended break. Last two episodes, we've been doing a poll. 
and I gave you guys three options in the comments section, which you guys voted on by liking the comment, and um, we I tallied together the votes uh, combined from both episodes, and the rap battles, option C, I believe, won, so uh, gotta force Caleb's hand now. Continuing on until uh, we do another vote to switch it up because, you know, previously we did the uh, weekly debates on our podcast. Now we're going to be doing rap battles on for the foreseeable future. Um, so since Caleb needs a break, I'll let him challenge me. Shouldn't be like this. I would usually challenge him. No, nah, man. Hey, let me do it. And you know what? Before the podcast, oh. you said you wanted manufactured beats, but we're not doing that yet. I need you to drop me a beat. <laughs> well, it's a rap battle, so it would be kind of disrespectful if I didn't give him a heartbeat. Let's go. Okay. 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 Uh huh. Yeah, I'm sick. Yeah, I'm sick. Okay. Yeah, I'm sick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sick. Okay. Yeah, I'm sick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sick. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm flowing. The universe is growing. Rapping isn't my... Oh, gosh, this is hard. Why did you guys make me do this? I can't rap. I can't rap. I talk for a living. I think on my feet. But when I rap, I just can't speak. Um, this is really bad. Thank you for this beat. Uh, <laughs> bro, this is hard. This is hard. I can't freestyle. I thank you guys for, well, all right, first of all, I'm sorry. I know that beat was trash, but I'm usually not the beatboxer. I'd be spinning in a different way. You wanted to just publicly, you guys wanted me to be publicly shamed in rap? Humiliate I'm a him. Humiliate him. Go ahead. Now By you need means. to be humiliated. Gosh. All right. Give me a beat, What boy. is the square root of 196? Eight. Wrong. I don't know. Gosh, 14. That's a square root. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Hey yo! <laughs> hey yo! I'm not a math guy. Oh lord, that was horrible. Um, ooh, I feel clear out. Well, uh, we do we oh, fine. Go ahead, give me a beat, man. From here on, we gonna have manufactured beats though. Yeah, for real. I, I'm uh, honestly just lazy, so I didn't feel these. Like, yeah. are, there's a limit to this beatbox. Yeah, I'm not that good. I'm, I'm, I'm. You all know I'm the great greatest at multiple things, but I do have my faults. All right, here we go. Let's do Let it. Me show all right. you. A boom, 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 boom. Hey, hold on. Boom. Hold on, hold on. Boom, hold on. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Boom. And I'm feeling it. Boom. boom yeah. Boom, boom, Wall Street boom, bets. Boom, boom. People making money. Boom. Hedge funds. Boom, that's the best. Boom, yeah. Psych. Because you know they're getting boom, it right. Boom, they made them boom, buy boom, those stocks boom, that went up boom, overnight. Boom, yeah. And it's pretty pricey. Boom, boom, and they're not feeling icy. Boom, Cause they boom, melted. Boom, hey, boom, and Elon boom, Musk, boom, boom, he's the reason that boom, Caleb got 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 boom, his announcement boom, to y'all. Yeah, hey, boom, and he made him feel something boom, that made him feel really tall, but not physically, mentally. Cause you know we're only going up in the streets, and you know I'm riding all up on this beat. Yeah. Gosh, that was. I fire. think it's clear to say. Nah, man, give me another. Shut beat. up. Let me try one I more think time. It's clear Let me to try say. one more time. Yeah, Let me boy, try one more time. It's the goat. Yeah, I'm a rap guy. The yeah, rap with me. Yeah. Time. Okay. Oh, no, I just can't rap, bro. I'm a singer, man. When my nose isn't clogged up, you know. Actually, you know what? 
This doesn't count. Nope. Let me let me describe to you why. Your boy is the undisputed champion for nope. now. This doesn't count. This doesn't count. Let me explain to the people. Um, our brains function through receiving oxygen. Right now, my nose is clogged. I cannot receive any oxygen through my nose. Therefore, my thinking process is slowed. I can't be subject to this rap battle. I'm editing it if entirely from the podcast just because this is hard. Editing it? Yes, I'm editing it out. 418 years old and you still can't rap? You just got served, bro. What I, you got to say? I cannot say anything. Talk to the viewers. What you got? They're watching you. I, I would like to continue our discussion on the multiverse and do things I'm comfortable with, like talking about science. He'll get science. his rematch next episode because y'all voted it. And not rapping. Y'all voted it. We're going to have these rap battles. Oh, boy. You better practice because <laughs> I'm going to whoop you again. And the, thing, the interesting thing is I've created four rap songs. I mm. can rap. I just can't mm. freestyle. I have to write down the lyrics. I can rap. I can freestyle. <laughs> All right, um, so is that it? Can we go back? Can yeah, we go back? We can go back. Oh, secret message, Emery on the beat. Go ahead. Yeah, secret message, Emery on the beat. Okay, now let's continue. Um, Gosh, this is, I wish we wouldn't have done the, the greatest topic of all time while my nose is clogged. I cannot breathe. Anyway, let's talk about the one that I've brought to you guys weeks, months ago. The Many Worlds Interpretation. Mm. So, episode 10, I taught you guys about quantum mechanics. And weeks later, I came to a, a point of growth. And I found out that every, I found out there was a possibility that 50% of what I was telling you guys was untrue. Actually, science, all this stuff is theory. All of the stuff I could be telling you, this uh, this whole thing could be a sham. And some other science comes in, sweeps it off its feet, and a lot of the stuff I tell you is fake. And we'll cover that too. And yes, we'll be there to talk about it. Um, but let me go over some key points first. Um, the the very first thing I talked to y'all to you guys about uh, was the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. You cannot know the exact position and velo and momentum of anything, let alone a quantum particle. So okay. because of this uncertainty, we basically don't know where the quantum particle is. That's what created the wave function. You guys remember what the wave function was, right? Basically a general area, a probability wave, and where this uh, particle exists, yep. okay? And because of the multiple probabilities and possibilities within the wave function, that's how we became to find out something known as superposition. Uh, you remember the superposition, right? Yeah. Uh, and classically, the superposition was characterized by Schrodinger's cat, where um, the cat is in a superposition of dead and alive at the same time. Um, and I have to revise my way of telling you guys about Schrodinger's cat, too, because I was telling you guys it in a classical manner, uh, basically making it too elementary, and that's not exactly true. Um spice whew. it up, man. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's spice or it let up. Let me um, give my theory on... What the advanced interpretation? Okay, go ahead. Predict, be. predict why. So the elementary, um, the elementary version of it is that the superposition is a locked moment in, in time where it can either be A or B or infinitely other options of the cat in the box, whether it was dead or alive. But perhaps the more advanced notion of this. All right, so we think of superposition as being a locked state in time where it could be either option A or B. But perhaps um, this moment is not locked at all. And 
like I said before, it could be infinitely many things. Perhaps there are infinitely many options being created as they you go on. So there are not probabilities. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> you pretty much got it. Um, <laughs> the probability among this wave function is 100 because the many worlds interpretation basically tells you that not only does option A or B happen. No, option A and B happen. Mm. But let me basically back up. What I told you in episode 10 was based off of the Copenhagen interpretation. So we have the wave function, right? And when you look at something, I told you that it collapsed the wave function, right? Right. But this isn't scientific. Why must I dictate the universe? Why does me looking at something, there's no math to support that me looking at something collapses a wave function, right? Yeah. So... Hugh Everett, um, many, many years ago, basically uh, stated that maybe the wave function doesn't collapse. Maybe, maybe there's no expands. reason in which why a sentient being must collapse the wave function. Right. So basically, it follows the many worlds interpretation is basically a devotion to the Schrodinger equation. The Schrodinger equation basically maps the wave function, okay? It is a mathematical description of how the wave function occurs. So, in the many worlds interpretation, which is something that I talked about before, is that um, uh, when you have a quantum event, um, not only does uh, a certain, it's not a, a certain possibility that happens, but all possibilities happen. And once you realize that possibility, that is when you find out that you are part of one of these many worlds. Right. Okay. So um, I feel like this is a time in which I should speak verbatim. Um, so uh, I'll just go straight off of the book. New worlds or universes, however you want to look at it, are created when a quantum mechanical superposition comes in becomes entangled with its environment and decoheres okay? okay decoherence is when a quantum scale uh is oh, this is the book definition uh when quantum scale histories that once overlapped diverged uh this makes it sound super confusing so um uh basically the best way to uh describe this because I don't want to be too technical. The best way to describe this uh, the this decoherence is that a whole bunch of these possibilities can happen, right? Yeah. These possibilities, when they are in the state of happening, come entangled with their environment, okay? So it's all these possibilities, and they become entangled. Once they become entangled, once these probabilities, some of these possibilities, probabilities cancel out. So... Once they become, uh, th once these overlapped possibilities um, occur, they diverge at a point. Okay. All right. Um, so once they interact with the environment, that's when all these overlappings of the uh, uh, wave function basically diverge. This is still super technical. I wish I could break it down even easier. Yeah, got um, my head inflating. Bro. Yeah, my head is in, uh, is, is inflating as well. Um, so, uh, but basically, the universe decoheres. It was once uh, it was once a range of possibilities, but once it becomes entangled with this environment and uh, the uh, the uh, we experience things, um, a certain probability decoheres. So this thing happens, 
this is still super technical. I can't even <laughs> explain it. The universe decoheres, okay? There's a range of possibilities, and the universe basically branches off. And then now we have become, uh, we have been basically uh, put in a situation of many worlds. Um, so the classical way was I told you about the proposal. So I get down on one knee and put out the ring, okay? Uh, all you can do is answer yes or no. Many worlds interpret the way I taught you before was that the many worlds interpretation said that there was a universe in which you said yes and there was a universe in which you said no. This is still a possibility, but decision making isn't a quantum experience. Decision making based off of of uh, pure science and since most people don't believe that scientifically we don't believe we have free will. We believe there is a probability somehow in which you say something is not necessarily a quantum event. It could be. Um, Excuse me. Some people believe it could be quantum as well. And that free will is just an illusion. But because of the uncertainty principle, we just don't know exactly what somebody is going to say. Okay. Okay. Um, So this uh, many worlds interpretation basically takes us away from the centralization of I. Who is I? Who is Caleb? Okay. Caleb is an infinite, or no, not necessarily infinite, but a a, a, a super large number amount of Caleb's, okay? So there is only, uh, and then I is the current state I'm in now, but once a certain quantum, uh, when a quantum interaction happens and the universe splits. The definition of I changes. Yes, so I correspond to multiple Caleb's in the future. So from the bra- from the point of I branches off millions, millions, billions, whatever number of Caleb's in the future. But okay. there's also one uh, there's also one probability in the past that corresponds to the I I am today. Um, so this is basically the many worlds quantum mechanical interpretation of many universes. All right, so it's basically. The butterfly effect is generally seen as one option leads to another. Kind of. Um, but this many worlds interpretation is one option expands to millions of other um, variations of the same option. Absolutely. And the best way of looking at this is looking up what the double slit experiment uh, is. And um, whenever uh, quantum mechanical uh, interactions start to happen, that's when uh, the universe decoheres. Okay. You that still, it, it, it still runs, right? Okay, cool. Um, but um, even though that there is not a new world, uh, every time we make a decision, maybe the accumulation of decoherences manifests itself into there still being a universe where Emery is a clown and one where Emery is talking Damn, on the podcast bro, you today. you love me being a clown. <laughs> I know, right? Um so that's basically the many worlds interpretation. I just wanted to clear that up. I wanted to, uh, hopefully you understand. I, I wish I could explain this better, but honestly, your boy is not getting any oxygen, so his brain isn't working as fast as it once would. Um, but also, oh, you know what? This is the best way of doing it. Schrodinger's cat. Let's go back to Schrodinger's cat. Right. You know how I used to uh, say it was a bomb? Yeah. Yeah, not exactly true. If a bomb goes off, the cat's going to be dead. <laughs> Um, for the most part. Uh, but let's think of this bomb. No, let's think of a, a capsule a, a capsule of poison, a canister of poison, right? And 
the poison is only triggered by radioactive decay. Radioactive okay. decay is basically atoms shedding uh, little particles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this radioactive decay is actually a purely quantum process. Okay, there's a quantum probability that uh, because the radioactive decay is carried out by the weak force, the weak force is carried out by force carriers. Those force carriers are WZ bosons. Those appear on the standard model. The standard model is a characterization of quantum particles. It is a table of quantum particles. That was super technical. I'm sorry. Radioactive decay is a quantum process, okay? So let's say there's a probability that a neutron, sorry, no, an alpha particle, or a particle of helium, you could say, an alpha particle basically is released by uh, whatever is holding this canister in place. If that canister... If that particle is released, then the poison will come through the box and the cat will die. But um, there's also many probabilities that the alpha particle is not released and the cat does not die. Um, We have no, we don't know, uh, we can't predict that. It's it's a quantum process. Therefore, that's what creates the superposition since we can't see inside the box. That creates the superposition of the cat being dead and alive. Okay. What the many worlds interpretation does is breaks this superposition and says there is a universe in which the alpha particle is created, the poison is released, and the cat dies. And there is also universe. There is also a universe in which the alpha particle is not released, the poison is not released, and the cat stays alive. Does that make it clear? Yes. I feel like that is the most clear. Um, so yes, we have the quilted universe, infinite expansion. We now have the uh, Swiss cheese universe. Uh, infinite inflation, and then now we have the many worlds multiverse quantum, and there is one more. But what do you think about this many worlds quantum universe? It got me to thinking, in our universe, we have this er interpretation or perspective on what we believe the many worlds interpretation to be. So if that is true, in another universe, another um, world similar to our own, but something different, couldn't that um couldn't the many worlds interpretation itself be different as well so are there are there is it actually just the many worlds interpretation or the, is there an infinite amount of interpretations of, of interpretations mm-hmm. as to, so i don't know I, what I i'm know. saying is i don't think the um going off this principle i don't believe that the universe could be met or multiple universes could be measured by one principle. If all those principles has some essential differences, because that would mean that the many worlds interpretation has to be the one constant throughout all of these universes. Well, no, no reason. No is because one thing physics physicists die by is that physics doesn't change anywhere. There is no different physics. Okay. Ooh, I just got a big rush of brain activity because um, it made me think of a lot of different things. Sorry. But there is no different physics. So if the fundamental thing is uh, quantum mechanics, then quantum mechanics must be the same in every universe. But because of quantum fluctuations, our perception of physics can change. You know why? Oh. The Higgs field. Have you ever heard of the Higgs field? No, but I understand what you're saying. Okay. The Higgs field is ba- uh, basically um, what produces the Higgs boson. The Higgs boson is what we call the God particle. Um, that's what a lot of physics call, physicists call it. Um, but basically what the Higgs field does, Higgs particles 
give mass to elementary particles. Okay, so the Higgs field basically decides why an electron is 9.1 times 10 to the negative 27 kilograms or whatever it is. Um, why the hell do I remember that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> or uh, what the hell? Uh, or, or, or is something near that? Uh, or uh, why uh, a neutron weighs? Or no, not not why a neutron. Why a quark might weigh its weight? Um, so the Higgs field basically gives mass to. It basically makes particles real. If yeah. it doesn't have mass, then we can't interact with it. It basically gives it leads to gravity on all that stuff. But the Higgs field permeates space still. So if quantum fluctuations in some pocket universes made the Higgs field stronger, that means certain elementary particles would be heavier. So if the electron was heavier, then it wouldn't be able to basically exist around atoms the way it does now, and it would just crash into the nucleus and basically life as we know it wouldn't create. So if all of these particles were, if the masses were tuned finely in any direction, then life wouldn't exist. Life as we know it wouldn't exist. So the Higgs field is a big fundamental part because it gives mass to all of these standard particles of the standard model. So uh, that is a way of viewing it. Maybe, um, and I'm getting more nasally, sorry. Um, in other universes, it wouldn't be the same just because th our perception of physics would be different because the forces would change because forces are particles too. So okay. gravity would have a different value. Uh, electromagnetism would have a different value. Light would look different. All of that stuff, all of the forces would be different because the Higgs field has given uh, different masses to different elementary particles because of quantum fluctuations. Just in our pocket of the Swiss cheese universe, that is, uh, just in our pocket of the Swiss cheese universe is why forces seem to act this way. So what you're saying is that we might not have all of the pieces to the puzzle just because maybe the Higgs field is different in another area. So maybe there's more to the story that we don't know. I agree. Yeah. That's all I can. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> so there is also one more type of universe. This is the simulated universe. And that uh, basically is that. We've covered that a lot. Yeah, we've covered it a lot. So we don't have to go too deep in it. But um, is that we live within a simulation. But if somebody's simulating us, they could also be sim simulating 10,000 other universes. Okay. So it could be that type of multiverse as well. That concludes four different type of parallel worlds, multiverses. Or does it? No, there's many more types, and when I finish the book, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, just... Um, Part three? Not next episode, though. Yeah. We got to take a break from this. Oh, well, you know, I won't finish the book by then anyway, yeah. but um, the interesting thing is the speed of light. Information cannot, as we know, it cannot travel faster than the speed of light. This, in the, in the infinite universe and the inflationary universe... Um, the universe is expanding faster than the speed of light because the speed of light is only a limit on objects moving through space. Wait, so inf what do you mean by information? <clears throat> Anything. So I'll explain information. Uh, temperature, light, the reason why we see galaxies from far away is because that information are photons. We're able to collect the photons and see the stars, stuff like that. Is the speed of light not information itself? Uh, that's... Nah, no, no, no. Well, the the speed the speed of light is basically interpret an interpretation of the information. I guess you could say. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> that's more like math. The speed of light three times ten to the eight meters per second. Yeah. Uh, that's just 
I get. Uh, I don't really. No, that's not the. That's not the information we're talking about right now. Uh, basically, view information as you look at the camera. The camera we see ourselves on the camera right now. It's reflecting photons back into our brains. Okay. These photons are the information. So since you, the space is expanding faster, that means we can never interact with our our our, our uh, parallel universes. If space is expanding faster than the speed of light, just because we cannot travel faster than the speed of light, and we can't sense the other universe because we can't receive information from these other universes just because it's expanding so fast. So the only way of truly going beyond our universe would be exceeding the speed of light. Yes. And in, in, in information gathering. Yes. It's, it's, it's The only way we do a lot of these things is going faster than the speed of light. Right. Um, we need the flash. Right. Uh, and we need uh, speed force. Einstein says this is impossible. Um, and most physicists believe that the speed of light is something that you can't get around. I hope one day that we get around the speed of light and we can go faster and do super cool space travel. Uh, I talked about this before, but in the simulation theory, the speed of light is just like a limit you put on a piece of code, uh, like basically an inequality. So is teleportation is teleportation actually a means of instant traversal or it just exceeds the speed of light? Yes. It's just there you go. It's it's just so going so fast, like from point A to point B, that's it. It's intangible or it's actually a direct transfer from A to B. There are two. There are two ways. Well, this is kind of one way, but there are two ways in which we have talked about going faster than the speed of light. I'm glad that you catch that wormholes. Mm. Wormholes are gaps in space time. So if you travel across a wormhole, you'll end up going faster than the speed of light. We'll talk about that on another episode. Um, so teleportation. You are, you are also going faster than the speed of light, but that's because quantum mechanics has showed us that there may be a way where you can travel faster than the speed of light. This uh -huh. is due to quantum entanglement. Okay. So teleportation, if you're religious, teleportation is the end-all, be-all, and you die. So what teleportation is is that basically, um, and this is what they do in Star Trek, they take all of your quantum information, okay? This is ways away from the uncertainty principle. They gather up all your information, and all that information says that makes up your your being, your brain, all of that stuff, and they manifest that information out of particles in a distant location. So they basically vaporize you, <coughs> excuse me, and make you out <laughs> of... Bro, that's your, like, 15th burp. Right, I'm sorry. <laughs> they, they, it's a, too much stuff going in and out of my mouth. Uh pause uh they they, <laughs> they vaporize you and basically make you out of particles in a distant location this can be faster than the speed of light if the distance is faster than three times 10 to the eight meters if it's okay. done within one second in this type of talk makes me very excited um it would be interesting to see if we progress to a point in which we could travel faster than light mm -hmm. what happens if we beat our counterpart if we beat our parallel cells, alternate cells, all hell would break loose for one, but that would be absolutely insane. Wouldn't that create? Huh. If, all right, we're thinking of universes on this level as one plane of existence with this to set distances from each other, right? Um, yes, if we don't think about string theory. All right. I'm not talking about string theory today because that's a different dimension. Excluding string theory, if we did happen to exceed or catch up to um, catch up in this sense, 
wouldn't that actually create another al- actual alternate universe, like on a different plane of existence? That's if you think of it as uh, the if so you're using the many worlds interpretation. Yeah. So in the many worlds interpretation, you cannot act interact with your opposite self or not okay. al- opposite alternate self because these universes are what mathematicians like to call orthor orthor woo orthogonal. Orthogonal is a fancy way of saying 90 degrees opposite of each other. Cannot interact. Um, so in the many worlds interpretation, once the universe decoheres and new universes are created, then you are no longer able to interact with that, that person. Therefore, uh, you no longer exist in relation to that emery. So if two emeries are created, those two emeries are now separated and they travel along life as if they were never to illustrate this is kind of like i'm reaching out there's a mirror version of myself over here Uh uh-huh but if i were happen if i were to happen to reach that mirror version reach through the mirror they would disappear yeah you would be breaking physics yes exactly um so that's why a lot of times because of quantum mechanics Sometimes I get really deep when I read and don't interact with humans. I kind of get away from reality. It's not away from reality, but I kind of just get crazy thoughts. And you can actually, this is actually true, you can view yourself as a wave. Okay. A lot of times I view myself as me just as after images spread around the universe. That is truly possible within the many worlds. Not the many worlds interpretation, but just the wave function. The many worlds interpretation says you end up at all these different possible locations. Interesting, but um, yeah, really, that was just a teaching moment. <laughs> I had to get yeah. a lot off my chest. Um, it was hard. Enlightened. It was hard being away from this podcast because not a lot of people want to listen to me talk about this stuff. Actually, um, I won't say her name because I don't know if she wants me to say her name on the podcast. But uh, um, ooh, ooh, excuse me. Um, this person, uh, fifth period on Thursday, actually listened to me talk about all this stuff just because I have to get it out to somebody, and a lot of people are either too busy or just don't want to listen. But uh, <laughs> you know what? As an enlightened viewer, you are forced to listen, and you are forced to subject yourself to the possibility of many worlds. And you are forced to like and subscribe. Please do so. <laughs> Absolutely, as we man. Speak. Absolutely. Um, <sighs> we have gone really long i feel like we've gone for a very long time a very long time What's, what time was it did it say up there like 152 <laughs> Woo! <laughs> is it time to wrap this thing up yeah. man about that time hey i could go on and you know what? i'll probably have a lecture series on the internet one day where i talk about these many worlds and stuff but um you know honestly it's a good a good thing to just roll the shoulders back and get back into podcasting so we're going to talk about this stuff lots yeah. more zoom podcast on the way um, this was a great episode, and uh, thank you. Peace. Thank no, you I'm God. messing. I'm messing. I was, <laughs> I was kidding, bro. Hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I was kidding. Um, right. Yeah, man, it's been a great experience to get back on the mic, man. As nasally as I am, I'm about to die literally after this because I have no oxygen. <laughs> All right, Caleb choking up. You know, he can't talk, but he's been talking for so long about the science stuff, and we really want to hear from you guys. Can I stress it enough? Yes. Please tell us. All right. If you were listening earlier, I scrapped that secret message. What I really want you guys to do is give us some feedback on the podcast. Whatever you'd like to say, we want to interact with you guys. If you know us in person, please start a conversation with us. Tell us what you like about the podcast, what you dislike, what you think we could do better, what you think we excel at. 
um, and you know, we all we want to do is improve, enlighten you guys, enlighten ourselves. Say this almost every episode, and it doesn't. It gets more true every single time we upload. Absolutely, and look, stop being a ghost, like, dude. If you're watching, comment down below. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, what, whatever have you, come to YouTube. Or shoot us an email at theenlightenedbrothers at gmail.com. Because, you know, we be getting lit and we be doing all of this. And we couldn't do it without you guys once again. Man, I love y'all so much, man. It's it's absolutely, this is an amazing opportunity. And you know what? All I can say is I'm glad to be back, man. Mm -hmm. 2021 just getting started once again. And a lot more coming up. Ready to wrap things up? Yep. All right. Let's do it, man. Episode 14. Thank you guys for tuning in. Peace out. It's in the books, man. Thank you all so much.